Welcome to the All Things Overlanding podcast. My name is Fletch, and I'll be your host. Are you ready for some great overlanding content? Then let's get into it. Hi, everybody. It's Fletch from All Things Overlanding here. Um, on tonight's show slash episode, I guess, if you will, it's going to be a little bit different. Um, I am live on overlandradio.com, and then I'm also broadcasting on YouTube Live, so never done that before, so we'll see how it goes. I'm just hoping for the best. Um, But definitely, definitely, if you are new to the show, all right, good, you can hear me, that's good. Um, If you're new to the show, um, welcome, and if you can't hear me on YouTube or, you know, on the radio, just let me know, like hop in the chat. Um, On the radio, if you're on overlandradio.com, if you hover on the, the bar at the top, there's a tab that says Interact, and then the bottom option is Chat. So if you click on that, then you can hop in the chat there. Obviously, if you're on YouTube, howdy. Um, good to see you. I, I realize now that the camera's like right in my face. Um, so that's, it's weird, but we're going to get used to it. It's going to get better. This is the first one. So feel free to laugh at me. Uh, I'm not self-conscious at all right now. So again, let's just dive into the normal sort of show here. Um, for those of the, those of you listening, I am wearing pants. I do want to start off by saying that, uh, and I'm going to prove it here on YouTube. Here, see, pants, pants are on. Um, I know it's kind of late for me, anyways. Here in Indiana, it's about nine o'clock, but I am still wearing pants, which is an impressive feat for me. So you're welcome. Um, that's what video will do for you, I guess. On the radio, normally no pants. So we're going to switch things up a little bit tonight. So, anyways, um, welcome to the show. Um, Let's dive into it. So on tonight's episode, as you've probably seen, I'm going to be talking a little bit about my do-it-yourself rooftop tent build that I've been doing for about, um, I would say, a month and a half or two so far. Um, And I'm going to dive into kind of how I came across the idea, you know, what I learned as I started to do research, kind of the construction and the materials that I used for it, and then finally kind of go through my thoughts for it. So it's mostly finished now, and I'll, I'll give you a little bit more um, from a specific standpoint on that, but uh, it's mostly finished, and I've got some thoughts, and I've definitely got some things that I learned that will probably be, uh, you know, helpful for you. So anyways, again, welcome. So if this is your first time listening or watching on YouTube to a live video of mine, and you're not already a subscriber, I just want to throw it out there. If you want more All Things Overlanding content, definitely click the subscribe button. Definitely click the like button if you like the video. Comment below that. I mean, it helps me out more than you would know, and it makes it interesting. Like, that's really why I'm here is just to chat with you guys to learn, to kind of make an ass of myself every once in a while. And if it entertains you, then that's that's what I'm here for, right? So definitely consider subscribing. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, allthingsoverlanding.com is my website. So if you want to check that out, there's some good DIY stuff on there. Um, especially if you're an Xterra person, there's some great stuff on there. So definitely check that out as well. Um, so, yeah, so for tonight's show, um, I did want to say thanks to everybody in the past that's kind of hopped into chat. Again, the chat is what makes this really interesting. So thank you, everybody. Um, to those of you on the chat right now, too. So last time I've, I, I feel like I've learned a little bit since last time. Last time I was trying to, like, address every single comment as it came in, and I, I felt like it was pretty jarring for everybody, myself included. So what I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to do... Um, is I'm going to try and sort of break it up. So I'm going to kind of go through a section of content at a time, and then at the end I'm going to kind of go back and catch up on the on the comments and just shout all you guys out. So if you don't hear me talking to you immediately, like, don't get mad at me. I, I swear I will get to you. Um, but I want to make it, you know, so it's good stuff for you guys, and it's not just me, 
jumping all over the place. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So anyways, talking about my DIY rooftop tent, right? Um, well, here, before we go in there, I'm going to catch up on all the comments over here on the radio. So, hey, all right, yep, hi, Lee. Yes, I'm wearing a Datsun shirt, if you can see that. It's a new favorite purchase. There's a young guy named Tyler uh, that has a YouTube channel about a sweet R50 Pathfinder. And he was wearing a VQ35DE shirt the other day on one of his videos. And I was like, bro, where did you get that? That is sweet. As a Nissan person, I was excited. Um, so I promptly went out and I bought this Dotson shirt just because I thought it was awesome. So thanks eBay and thanks Tyler for the recommendation. Um, hey Aaron, hey Aaron, yes I will keep my pants on. All right, that's all the comments. We're caught up. Let's dive into it. So how did I come across the idea of a DIY rooftop tent? Um, so again, about probably three-ish months ago, I would say two and a half, three months ago, I was you know on Facebook like most people my age are. You know I'm older. I'm not. I'm not one of the kids. I'm not Snapchatting it up. I'm not, you know, I'm not doing all that stuff. I'm on Facebook and a little bit of Instagram, right? Um, so I was on Facebook. I'm scrolling through and I just caught this picture of this tent. And it was basically, it looked like a box, like a big, long wooden box. And it had a, you know, an A-frame style tent in it. And I was like, whoa, what is this guy doing? And I started to read and the guy had a whole bunch of pictures. And he was like, you know, I, I caught this guy Patrick Remington's channel on uh, YouTube, and this guy built his own DIY rooftop tent, so I'm building my own. And I was like, that I did not even know that that was a thing. Like, I've never heard of a do-it-yourself rooftop tent. It just never occurred to me, which may sound stupid, but it never occurred to me that that's a real thing, right? That people are actually doing that. Um, but in looking at, like, clamshell-style rooftop tents, they're hella expensive. If you looked at those things at all, I mean, it's easily a thousand to three grand, sometimes more. Um, even used ones are fifteen hundred, two grand, pretty easily. So, I had just I had dismissed the idea of a clamshell tent. I was actually at the time looking really heavily on like Facebook Marketplace and you know Facebook for sale groups and things like that for a used Smitty built Overlander tent. Um, and those new go about you know if you can get really lucky and get them on sale, you can get them for about six fifty seven hundred. But most of the time. Um, most of the time folks, uh, you know, are, are selling them even used for about five fifty, six hundred bucks minimum. So I was, I was keeping my eyes open, looking for a good deal, something that was local. Cause obviously I'm, I want to pick it up, right. I'm not going to ship that thing. Um, and so I was looking really hard for that, but I was like, Oh, that's still, you know, I'm gonna have to talk my wife into letting me spend 600 bucks on this rooftop tent. Um, so so yeah, so I was looking at used ones and then I stumbled on this guy's tent and I was like, wow, that thing is really cool. And he was like, I'm like 180 bucks into this thing. And I was like, dude, that's a third of what I'm looking to spend on a used, you know, vinyl covered folding style rooftop tent, um, which has some downsides, I feel like, in my opinion, too. But we'll get into that a little bit more. So I kind of fell in love with this guy's design, thought it was really cool. You know, I hit him up, actually direct messaged him. And he's like, yeah, check out Patrick Remington's videos on YouTube and go to Facebook and search for the DIY rooftop tent community. And so I went and I found that group and I just stalked it for like 
probably two to three weeks. I've, I've looked at everybody's build. Some people share like designs and blueprints and I kind of picked and, and, you know, chose different things that I wanted to do on my tent. Um, I decided I wanted to do a clam, clam style, clamshell style tent. Um, I wanted to use a pre-existing tent cause I didn't want to have to learn to stitch and sew and waste hundreds, hundreds of dollars on canvas and then mess it up and have to redo it. It just, if you've ever seen anything I've tried to do on my own, it's always a mess. So I just wanted like a pre-existing tent and a box that fit that, that I could use as a clamshell style. So that was kind of my goal. Um, so I started doing research, learned a whole bunch from these guys. And then that's what kind of made me decide like, man, there are people on here that are like, I've never sewn in my life. I've never done woodworking. I've never done any of this stuff. And mine is coming out great. And I was like, you know what? It, I'm going to try it. Like, what's the worst that happens? I waste a couple hundred bucks, I guess. And I end up having to find a better deal on a used rooftop tent to make up for the money that I lost. But I figured I could do something that would be useful. So I'm going to hop into the comments here before I move on to like how I settled on my design and, and kind of how those learnings went into it. But Matt, hey, Matt, good to see you. So you have a used howling moon rooftop tent and it was 1200 australian dollars yeah that's still that's you know like it's not like that's a ton of money right but like i think about my truck costing seven thousand bucks and i'm like am i gonna spend you know a little over a one seventh of that on my my uh rooftop tent like what i spent on the whole truck for just a rooftop tent so for me i'm like you know again you guys know me i'm super cheap right like i do not like to spend money on things. Like if I can get a $500 tent and then have that $1,200 extra dollars or $700 extra dollars left over. Um, oh yeah. Now my wife is in the chat. Great. Yeah. I'm glad that she appreciates that I'm trying to save money anyways, not being distracted. Um, but so yeah, the more, you know, obviously in my opinion, the more stuff that you can buy, there's certain things that you have to spend good money on. There's certain things that are worth it and a rooftop tent. Don't get me wrong. And at the end, I'll give you some of my feelings on the one that I built and why it may be better just to buy one. Um, but there, you know, there are some things that are worth spending money on, but I just have a really hard time spending, you know, two grand, 2,500 bucks on a rooftop tent, even for as much as I camp. Like, is, is it really that much better than a hammock and a, and a tarp? We'll see. Right. But anyways, I feel like it's going to save me a lot of time and I'm going to go into some of the benefits of it and stuff here too. But so moving on to the next section here. So what I learned and how I settled on my design. So again, I looked at a ton of other people's rooftop tents um, and, you know, there are a lot of those that are sort of, and if you have one of these, I apologize um, in advance. I am just not a fan of those vinyl covered like the Smitty built Overlander because I just feel like there's a lot of snaps. There's a lot of stuff that you have to do. You have to deal with that cover. You either have to remove it completely if it's, if it's possible based on the type of tent that you've got. Um, or you have to throw it over the other side of your vehicle. And the way that mine's set up is I have an awning, a tough stuff awning that goes off the driver's side. So I didn't want anything hanging over the driver's side while I'm going up on the passenger side to get into a tent. So I just really was like, from the get-go, I was like, I need a clamshell style hard top tent. Like that's what I want. Um, so that was kind of part of the reason why I settled on that clamshell style. Um, again, it was also, that was that one, that first one that I saw, it was very similar to that. So I kind of based it off of that design. Um, so yeah, so I, I was kind of like, you know, I want something that is going to be very resilient, something that could be used. I was talking to my wife about this earlier, but let's say that in six months, I hate this thing, right? I hate this rooftop tent. I've still got, you know, a seven and a half foot long box by 36 inches across and it's about seven inches tall. 
I could put gear up there. Like I could just use it as a storage box that's pretty easy to access, and that wouldn't be the end of the world. So I still have something that I can do with it, even if I hate it. <laughs> and I don't think I will, but we'll see. Um, but so my goal was kind of to build this clamshell style tent for about half of what that used Smitty built was. And my total cost on it, I'll say with some of the mess ups that I had, because I did buy some things that I ended up not using, I'm probably about 300-ish bucks into it. Um, and again, I'll go through all the materials and everything for that. And then when this video posts on YouTube and, and when I put the, uh, the uh, description up on the radio station too, I'll put links in there to all the stuff that I bought just in case it helps you guys or if you're thinking of doing something similar. So let me catch up on the comments here quick. So, all right, yes, I, you know what? I used to do TikTok. So people are saying, what about TikTok? I did TikTok just as kind of a joke for a while. Um, I know all over Overland, he does it and he's killing it. He's got some videos with over like 100,000 views. So good for him. Um, <laughs> Ditch King in the house. Yes, got it. Um, set up a standard for top 10. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, Matthew says he likes the front fold style tents. Those setups on a standard rooftop tent is five minutes to unfold with 15 to pack up. Yeah, so that's, I have a few friends, like I have a buddy that has a Smitty built tent and he's like, I really like it, but a lot of the times I'll get to camp and it's just easier to throw up a pop-up tent and just go sleep in that because it takes so long to set it up. Um, yep, and good point. If it has an annex too, then that's a whole nother thing, right? Now mine is definitely not that fancy. Um, I could see an annex if you're going to be stationary for a while, like that would make sense to me. But um, yeah, all that stuff, like the whole point, the whole reason that I built this thing was literally to have one, to have the stuff on my truck all the time, be ready to go. And two, to have um, to have a bunch of stuff move out of the truck and up onto the roof. And then third, to make it really super easy to set up. So that kind of brings us into uh, the materials that I used to make it. So what did I use to make mine? So basically mine is a big wooden box. Um, I have noticed the money. I'm trying to stay on task, guys. All right. Thank you for the donations, everyone. I really appreciate it. Even though that's just you, Dave. I, I appreciate it. Um, but no, I'm, I'm trying to stay on task. So you guys are distracting me. This is the first one, guys. Don't, don't hold me accountable for this one. I told you it was going to be a train wreck. Um, but so mine is basically just a big wooden box. And the way that I did it was I literally took the measurements from the tent from Amazon. I hadn't even bought the tent when I started building this thing, took the measurements from Amazon. And that's mistake number one, by the way, took those measurements, said it was seven and a half feet long, 36 inches across 32 inches tall. And I was like, okay, well, that's perfect. If it's 36 across by the time I open up, you know, the, the top on it, that should, if I attach the roof line, the ridge line of the tent to it, that should get it just about level. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and, and that's what I want, right? Like I just want this box to open and I want the tent to open with it. And then boom, I undo two clasps. I push up on it a little bit and I'm in the tent. That's all I have to do. Um, so to do that, I built a wooden box. And when I say I, I mean, my friend Eric did it. I was there. I handed him tools and like helped him move wood around and stuff. He did all the hard work um, and he did a great job. But so it's about six inches deep. It's just over because, of course, you've got the lip and then you've got the outer box. Um, so it's a little over seven and a half feet long um, from, you know, front to back. Uh, we use basically the bottom is three quarter uh, inch higher quality plywood. It's like that pine stuff instead of you don't want like plywood plywood because that stuff just eats water. Um, so three quarter on the bottom, half inch on the top. And then we did some bracing on the top. Um, so. That was pretty cool. Um, that's the top and the bottom. And then everything else is about a half an inch 
all the way around. So about a half inch uh, lip and then about a half inch exterior piece outside of that. So super, super simple stuff, right? Like literally what it is, it's a box on the bottom and then we put a lip inside of that box and then we made a box on the top and it sits down on top of it. That's it. That's all that there is to it. Thank you, Nissan Patch Club, for the donation. That's awesome. You're amazing. Yes, I'm distracted, but that's a big one, so I appreciate it. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah. Um, so that was kind of the plan, right? I'm going to build this box. I'm going to take this pre-existing tent. And then what I was thinking was I didn't want to sew, but I was willing to do a little bit of fabrication. So my thought was I was going to cut out the bottom of the tent, leave a little bit of extra fabric. And then I bought these canvas snaps like they use on boats for like covers for boats that basically you you sort of rivet it through the material and then you put a like a, a button on the outside like a jeans button almost and then you just go around and you would snap it so my thought was I would put all the fabric in the tent drive to the destination and then night one it might take a little more setup but I would pop all those canvas snaps on all the way around and then I could close the you know I could close the box on it and leave it snapped on for night two and three and four however long the trip is and then at the end of the trip unsnap everything put it all back in the box seal it really good drive home right no wear and tear nothing like that so I just feel like that was a good idea until I actually got into it and then I realized one that the tent was not as big as it said it was online and we'll get into that in a little bit and uh and two that I don't know that those canvas snaps I got started to get really nervous that it was just going to shred that fabric and then my whole tent was going to be ruined and flapping in the breeze um so yeah um that was kind of the idea so aside from that the the wood obviously is a little bit of it but it was maybe 120 bucks worth of wood um it's not too bad and then those canvas snaps I bought but honestly I wouldn't recommend those cuz I'm not using them um, also had two adjustable lockable latches for the outside. So they've got a spot for a, a lock and, uh, they're adjustable so you can get them dialed in just right. So that it cinches the box up right where you want it. Um, I got two 36 inch gas struts. Now I'm on my third set of gas struts in the last week since I put this thing together and here, uh, well, I'll get to why here in a minute. But so I started with 36 inch, 80 pound gas struts, way too strong. Moved to 36 inch, 60 pound gas struts because I didn't want to remove all my, my brackets. I had finally figured out the geometry for where to mount it. Um, those are still a little strong. Those are what, on it, what are on it right now. Um, but I just ordered some 27-inch, 45-pound gas struts. So again, I'll get into that here in a little bit when I talk about the mistakes that I've made. But you're going to need gas struts of some kind. Again, I'll put a list down below to what I'm probably going to end up with, and I'll give you my thoughts on each of those things. Um, I have a memory foam mattress that I had from before. It's actually a full mattress um, that I cut in half. So a full is 54 inches across. When you cut it in half, you get 27 inches. So I ended up with a 27 inch, four inch thick, 27 inch wide, four inch thick mattress pad. So it's good for me. Like just for me going solo all the time, that's perfect, right? Super comfortable. I get four inches so I don't sink down through it. It's actually really, I sleep like a baby when I sleep on that. And I used to use it on a cot. Now it fits up in the box. So that's one more thing that went up to the top instead of in the truck. Um, I got a plastic hinge for the back and I will go through that. I will tell you a little bit more about that because it's really cool, but it also has some downsides and it's really cheap though too. It's not, it's not terribly expensive. So I'll, I'll touch on that a little bit more, about 20 bucks for the one I got. And I got 10 feet worth of the thing. So give you an idea. A um, bunch of half-inch screws, um, and then I'm attaching the, the rooftop tent to my roof rack via U-bolts. So they're 3 8 inch thick U-bolts, 4 inches wide and about 5 inches tall. Again, I'll put links to all this stuff down below in the description, but just so you know. Also, 
I'm going to go ahead and say it up front. That's a very difficult way to mount a tent. And I will go into that in detail here when I get to the observations part here in a minute. Um, and then on the outside, I painted it with Herculiner. I read a bunch of different people that had done Herculiner on their tents on the rooftop tent forums and Facebook page. And they were like, yes, this stuff is, it basically just rubberizes the outside of it. It, it filled in all of the screw holes. It filled in everything. It texturized it. I think that the fact that it's black too, I'm in a pretty temperate climate, will help keep heat in in the, in the winter. It might be a little warm in the summer, but I don't think it's going to be too bad. Um, and yes, NPC patch designs. I have three cross members, which the Xterias come with two. Huge thanks to uh, Nissan Patch Club, who is also the head donor right now on the YouTube thing, um, for sending me free of charge his one of his uh, cross members. So I have three cross members that hold this thing on. Three U-bolts on the front and three on the back and then two in the middle. So this thing is, I mean, now that it's on there, it took me like half a day and my hands are all scarred up and scratched up from from reaching under the roof rack with a wrench and, and just jamming my hands into everything under there to get it all attached. But it's a part of the truck forever. Like when the truck goes to the junkyard, it's just going to have that box on top of it because I'm never taking it off. Um, so it was Herculine on the outside. On the inside, just to be super safe with condensation and, you know, if there were ever any leaks or anything like that, I did... Um, I did um, spar urethane to protect it on the inside. And then, of course, to get up to it, I mean, you could just be a man, I guess, and climb up on your wheel and tire and jump up into the top. I got a telescoping ladder like you would see on most of these uh, rooftop tents, about 50, 60 bucks. It wasn't too bad. And the one that I got actually is a 10 and a half foot. So you don't need a 10 and a half foot, but I'm going to use it around the house. Like, it's a nice ladder. So that was that was sort of the, the laundry list of the stuff that I needed for the for the build. So let's take a quick break here and jump into the comments. All right, AA Ron, I see ya. All right, so Smitty Bill will be hard to fix versus a DIY as well. Yep, that's a good point. Yep. So as far as fixing, you know, pre-bought stuff, you're you're talking about buying replacement parts and things like, for example, my tough stuff awning, which I love. Um, I broke one of the, the poles on it and it wasn't even about the cost. It was about 50 bucks to get a new, uh, horizontal pole for it. That was what broke, but it took five months for them to get that back in stock. I reached out to them in October and I just got it in March. So like if I'd had a bunch of trips planned in between there, it would have been a disaster, right? So that's, that's another thing. So that's a great point. Um, labor versus cost. A fabric rooftop tent is a lot of labor to strip for repairs versus a home built unit. Yeah, that's a good point. Kind of like I mentioned too, like, um, worst case, I've got a really nice sealed box that I could just use as, as storage, right? Like I don't have to use this as a tent if I don't want to, it could just be a big, massive, uh, rooftop storage box. Honestly, the whole thing I think weighs about a hundred pounds. So it's not light, but it's not super heavy. It's not like it's so heavy that, um, that it's unwieldy. Like I can feel the weight on there a little bit, but I'm used to a sort of top heavy truck because I don't have any sway bars. So it's really not that bad. Um, around the live feed you keep hearing about is so I'm on the radio and I'm also on YouTube live right now. So I'm doing it all at once. I'm, I'm hitting everybody. Um, cool. All right. So yeah. Yes. Okay, good. Everyone has their answers. I think I've talked to everybody now. Good. All right. Sorry, guys. This is the first one. Bear with me. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply.
so construction, right? So how did I take those components then and put this thing together? Um, as I mentioned, you know, started with the dimensions of the tent, built a box that matched that. The next step was I tried to do things because I wanted, I was in a rush. I was supposed to go to Daniel Boone Backcountry Byway about three weeks ago. So my goal, honestly, was to have this thing done almost a month ago to be ready to go on that. So I was literally like laying things out and like doing things in iterations so that I could be doing multiple things at the same time. So I started with, I, I caulked, caulked, C-A-U-L-K-E-D, for those of you listening on the radio, caulked. Um, I caulked the inside of the box just to waterproof it. I let that dry for a night. And then the next day I came out and I spar urethane the whole inside of the box. So again, I just wanted to put a nice waterproof layer on the inside for condensation's sake, for if there ever got any water in it. I don't want the box to warp or, or rot. Um, so hit it with spar urethane, did three coats of that. So that ate up about three, four days because I gave it about a day in between each coat to just let it be good and dry. Um, next after that, then I went ahead and I drilled the holes for the U-bolts. So that was tricky. Because obviously the box is in my garage, the truck is in the driveway. So I went out and I measured it probably five, six times. And I was confident. I knew where these holes needed to go. And I went ahead and I drilled them all because then I wanted to Herculine over the holes, right? Like I wanted to waterproof this as much as possible, get the spar urethane down in there before I did the bolts and everything. That was my thinking anyways, right? So that was next. Drilled holes for the bolts. Again, I'll, I'll tell you why that was a bad idea here in a second. Um, as soon as that was sort of done, as soon as those holes were done that same night, I went ahead and I closed up the box um, or flipped it over, I guess, because I had it in two separate pieces so I could do both at the same time. And I started to Herculine. Um, I bought the one-gallon Herculiner kit. It's about 70 bucks on Amazon. Again, I'll put a link in the description on YouTube down below and in the show notes when I post those up on the radio. Um, but it was a great kit, that one-gallon. So, again, mine, just for reference, my box is about seven and a half inches long. 36 inches across and probably about seven inches tall height wise, right? Um, I got two good solid coats from that one gallon of Herculiner on that giant box. So, and I would honestly say if you were doing, if you were going to do the exact same thing as me, you could probably cut six inches off that box um, and probably four or five inches off the width too. You could make this thing significantly smaller, lighter, less overhang on the front. On, on my truck, it actually hangs over. If I lean over and look up at the, through the windshield, I can see about three inches of it hanging over the front of the truck. Um, I think you could cut that back and it would almost be the size of an Xterra roof rack. Um, if you were smart about it, unlike me. So anyways, um, so that was next. I Herculine the whole outside of the box. After that dried, then I went ahead and attached the latches. Um, and at the same time, I did the hinge. Now, I'll go into that here in more detail in the next little section here. But it's a really cool hinge. So it's it's three inches. It's plastic. It's like rated it. They've tested it to like a million times opening and closing. It's super resilient, tough plastic or rubber, plastic, whatever it is. Um and I looked at a bunch of piano hinges and things like that, but, you know, you just have the problems of rusting and you kind of got to get it just right or it's not going to work. Um, at least that's what I thought then, you know. And uh, so that was why I went with that. It's also really inexpensive. So, again, for 10 feet of this, this plastic hinge was about 20 bucks. Shipping was about 10. So about 30 bucks total was shipping. Um, but so then I installed that next and I'll tell you the horror story of that in a minute. Um, and then I got the tent in the mail and realized this doesn't even fit in this box like I thought it was going to. So that was cool. Um, but then I figured that out, right? And I started, my brain started going with how I can resolve this. Um, so I'll touch on that a little bit in issues and observations here, but just know that's coming. Um, so I've touched on, you know, the way that the, the tent was going to be cut up. Um, and then, yeah, so basically 
by now, so here's the, here's sort of the difference, right? So the, and the original idea was the tent would go outside the box, which is important because then that allows condensation to flow outside the box and down. And the same with rainwater, right? Like that just, that's the whole point is it waterproofs your box. Um, I'll go into what I'm going to do instead of that because now what's happening is the tent is literally sitting in the box. So the lip goes all the way around the tent. I've actually got a few inches on each side of the, the tent. Like I said, it's a little bit, the box is a little too big for it. Um, but so it's sitting inside the box. So if it rains right now, I'm going to wake up in a swimming pool. So I have a solution for that and I'm going to go through it. But just be aware that, that that could be a problem. You really ought to get your tent first before you start trying to build the box that it's going to go in. Trust me. Um, so, and then the one last thing that I do sort of have to, that I had a plan for in the construction, but I haven't quite figured out yet is how am I going to hold up? So this tent has a, an awning on it. So it's an A-frame tent and it has a side entrance. Um, mine is again on the passenger side of my truck. The opening is towards the back of the truck. So my tent goes up or my tent, my telescoping ladder goes up right at the back of the truck. So I can still get in my doors and everything. It doesn't interfere with anything. Um, again, it opens on my passenger side and then on my driver's side is where my awning can go off. And then with the exteriors, they open in the back. So I pretty much almost got like a, you know, all, all the way around sort of access to the truck, if you will. Um, but so, so, but now I have to figure out a way, right, to fix the problem of my my tent sitting in a potential waterproof swimming pool. Um, so I'm going to kind of get to that here in a second with issues. But again, let me catch up with comments here because I don't want to leave any of you guys out. I know how butthurt you guys can get. So I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Don't leave. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, yes, repairs that. Okay. Yep. Okay. Got it. Caught up there. Let me check you guys over here. I'm doing this on my phone. So it's really interesting. It's kind of a pain. Okay. We're good. I think we're caught up. Um, if not, keep pinging me and I'll see you live and then I'll, and then I'll catch you. So the next sort of thing that I was going to talk about was all these issues that I've kind of hinted to, right? And there are, they are multi, multitudinous. There are a lot of issues that I came across in doing this build and, uh, definitely something to learn from. So like, again, not professing to be any sort of do it yourself rooftop tent expert. And I know I saw, um, Aaron ask if I was going to make a 2.0 version that is better, lighter or fancier. Probably. I mean, again, I'm going to roll with this thing for a while unless it's just miserable or if it gets destroyed because I did such a bad job that it floods, which is possible. Um, but yeah, definitely. I mean, from this from this whole experience, there, there are these things that I'm going to go through right now, the issues that I, I think I've already kind of solved. Hey, Overland Pioneers, welcome. Um, so yeah, so I'm, you know, I, I've definitely had some issues. I've definitely learned some stuff. I, I am actually, my kids have, have forced me. It was raining all day today and tonight, but tomorrow it's supposed to be nice. We are going to pull my truck into the backyard and we're going to quarantine camp in the backyard. They're going to set up a separate tent. So tomorrow will be the first live test of the tent. So I may do some recording on that. I may put together a video of that. It might be hysterical. I might wake up soaking wet the next morning and that's the first and last time I've ever used it. But um, we'll see. I'm confident. I think it'll be okay. Probably. Um, so now diving into issues that I had, right? So speaking of the hinge, the hinge was a huge issue for me. Um, the hinge was a massive problem. So one, if my wife is still on the live chat, sorry, honey, but you were no help during the hinge installation. <laughs> she wasn't. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm out in the garage and I've set the two boxes together. Top is on the bottom. I, I line it all up. I mean, it's, it's really my friend is a really talented woodworker. So it was really tightly cinched, right? Like it, it was really well lined up and I've got this 10 foot roll of plastic, um, hinge and it comes rolled up. 
So it's like, it's kind of like fighting with a slinky, right? Like every time you start to unwrap it and you know, you don't really want to, I, I, I could have, I guess, cut it into several sections and mounted it that way. Did not think about that. Um, Shawnee Hills workshop. He built his own camper with cloth pop-up top, pop top. It has a great, Ooh, great building tips. Okay. Good tips. I'll put a link to that down in the description when I post this video live. Thanks, Jeremiah. Um, but so, you know, um, as I was mounting this hinge, my thought was I need it to be one continuous piece because I want to waterproof it as much as possible. I, I, that's kind of what is going to seal the back of the box, right? I'm not going to have the, the latches like I do on the front. So I need it to be one continuous piece. And I did want it to be straight. So like I, I had a little measuring tape. And as I was going along and putting screws in this thing, I'm measuring to make sure that it's equal, you know, from top to bottom and lines up with the middle of the box. So I did my best that I could. But the whole time it's it's rolling up. It's smacking me in the face and stuff like it was terrible and I'm measuring it and then I put a screw in it and then I, I put the, you know, the measuring tape down and it's a quarter inch low and, and then I'm trying to pull it up. So, I mean, it's, it's, if you look at it, it's actually pretty straight. I think I did the best possible job that I could, but I think that the fact that it's not perfectly straight, like maybe a piano hinge might be right. That could actually be a good thing because it forces you to mount it straight basically um, because it's plastic, it's malleable. So I think even if it's just off a little bit, it kind of tweaked the alignment of the box. So now it kind of, the lip is rubbing a little bit. It's not the end of the world or anything. It's just a little annoying that when I open it, like the left end catches a little bit versus the right side. Um, so I kind of have to just sort of wiggle it a little bit and, and push it up. I'm, I'm kind of thinking one kind of easy solution maybe to add some like handles to it because there are no handles. It's just a smooth box right now. Um, if I, if I just have a little bit of, you know, leverage, then I might be able to sort of solve that thing. Um, but so again, not perfect, right. But also didn't cost me two grand. So trade-offs, right. Um, so I would say, you know, if I were to do this again, I, I still think that the plastic hinge is a great idea. Um, but I would definitely have someone help you. I would also, the Herculiner makes it tough to stick things to it. So I tried to do some masking tape to sort of hold the hinge in place since I was doing it by myself, but you know, it's 10 feet long. It's flopping all over. It's wrapping back up. Like I was trying to mask it and I'd get halfway across and they'd come rolling back up at me. And I was just like, screw it. I'm done. I'm just screwing this thing in. I'm going, I'm measuring. Okay. Screw, screw measure, screw, screw, measure, screw, screw. And I went like every 10 inches and I put screws in it. And then I went back and I just reinforced with more screws about every two or three inches I put a screw in. Um, so again, I did my best, but I think that that's potentially part of the issue with the straightness of the box opening and closing. So that's definitely an issue. Um, the U-bolts that I mentioned. So I won't even say that U-bolts are that cheap. Like I have eight of them that are holding this thing on. Um, and it was probably about 40, 45 bucks for those eight U-bolts. I mean, they're not, they're big enough. They're four inches wide, five inches tall, and they're three eighths inch. So I wanted something pretty, you know, hefty. They've also got that metal piece that goes on the bottom. That's what I've got holding onto the bottom of the cross member. So the U-bolt, I actually drilled two holes down through the box and then you drop the U-bolt down through it. It straddles the cross member. You put your steel piece up under it. You put your uh, washers and nuts on and you tighten it down, right? So I've got eight of those again. And that thing is you can take that box and just shake the whole truck. It is attached forever from now on until I roll it over and it breaks off. It's on the, on the top of the truck. Um, however, despite measuring it 700 times and being very confident with it and even having adjustable cross members, right? Like on the Xterra, if you're not familiar with the Xterras, the way the cross members work is they're basically, they have kind of like U-shaped cups on each end and they have a screw, a T30 uh, screw that goes down through it that you can loosen and it will basically drop the bottom of the cup to loosen that grip on it. 
Um, and then you can slide it back and forth on the roof rack. So, I mean, again, I went through, I measured the holes on the box. I went to the top, I measured, and I locked them all in with the T30. And this thing weighs about 100 pounds. So then, like, a, a neighbor and I, you know, we had to stay on other opposite ends because we're in coronavirus world. So it's seven and a half feet long. So he had to stay at the other end. I had to stay at this end. And we had to put this thing up on the roof. I got it up there. I got it lined up where I thought I started dropping U-bolts down. He left. Um, and uh, and then I'm looking at it. And I'm like, this thing doesn't line up. Like, I got, like, five of the eight to line up, and then the other three just were, like, not even close. Like, half inch off. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, what am I going to do? Like, this – and, you know, again, I just mentioned to move the cross members, you have to take the whole thing off or at least lift up a whole side tall enough to get a screwdriver size thing into to loosen up that cross member. Um, so that was hell. Uh, that took me about a half a day to get the thing just mounted on the top of the truck. And what I ended up actually doing, which is – I shouldn't probably admit this on video, but, or on the radio, but, um, I ended up drilling new holes. Like I was like, you know what? I have six of the eight on. I'm not going to take this thing off, undo those six that have destroyed my hands and just cut me top and bottom and start over. I'm not going to do it. So what I did was I just, you know, used guessing and I, I took the U-bolt and I moved it over like a half an inch and back a half an inch. And then I drilled new holes and then I put it through there. So I'm going to learn how to patch wood here. And that's my next goal is to fill some of the extra holes that are in the box. Um, again, probably shouldn't mention that, but it happened. It's it's true. So um, something I learned, something you can learn from me is, you know, really make sure that you measure. Or um, if you've watched some of Patrick Remington's videos, he uses like a Unistrut system. And that stuff's kind of pricey, but not terribly bad and to have that adjustment where you could kind of move you know the attachment points around on that unistrut that's definitely a genius idea like i would not recommend the fixed u-bolt method at all unless you're doing like two but then the thing's going to fly off on the highway so that kind of defeats the purpose so definitely some sort of like a unistrut style holder or something like that would be a much better way there are also i mean we all know we've seen the you know the pre-existing quick release kits that you can buy. But I mean, those things are what? 100, 150, 200 bucks. Depends on who you buy it from. But those things cost as much as I spent on the whole tent. So I that wasn't even an option for me. I wasn't even thinking about it. Um, but it would be sweet to just have something that you could just, you know, unclip and pop the thing off. But I mean, again, this thing weighs 100 pounds. It's not coming off my truck. It's it's on there for good. Um, so yeah, that was, the U-bolts was definitely a challenge and definitely something that I would say learn from me on before you do that. Um, let's kind of, so... I've got a couple more sort of issues that I'm going to go through, but let's pause there just to kind of catch up on everybody. Cause I've seen a few more things come through. Um, yes, my wife is going to slap me. Yeah. I should never say that she's no help. I know this. She's probably <laughs> my, my lamp is on fire. It, it's actually, I will show you if you're watching on YouTube. Um, it's supposed to be like that. It's a led light bulb. Look at that. Yeah, I. that is one of the most like frequent comments that I get is, hey, what's wrong with your light in the background? It's flashing. It's flickering. It's intentional. It's supposed to be woodsy and rustic, but it's LED. Um, so, yeah. Okay, you love the lamp. Perfect. I will, I will post up links below. Um, yeah, 8 is a little bit of overkill. I agree with you, Carl, but I'm telling you, like, I was, I'm looking at this wooden box and I'm like, if that thing flies off my roof and kills a family of eight in an Astro van, like, I'm going to feel like such a jerk, right? So I was like, I, it just makes me really nervous. And I was like, if 
there's no such thing as too many, right? Like you can have too few and you can find out the hard way that it wasn't enough. But I was just like, let's do three up front, three in the back, two in the middle. That makes me feel good. And I'm, I mean, it is, it's not going anywhere. That's for sure. Um, But you're right. Probably four would be sufficient if you just spread them out to the corners and did two in the back and two in the front. And then you have half as many to deal with, half as many to line up. That's, I mean, that's not a bad idea for sure. Um, Yeah. So running the tent on a stock rack setup. Yeah. So Here's why I'm okay with that. So one, they say that the rack on the Xterra, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Xterra people, but it's rated at 150 pounds static. Um, thanks, Antonio. I appreciate it. Um, so it's it says it's 150 pounds static. The tent itself, or the box itself, weighs about probably a little less than 100 pounds. Um, and... Um, Okay, yeah, you used, Aaron, you used four with yours, and you went off-road and you had no problems. Yeah, I'm sure that you probably would be fine. Again, it was just pure paranoia. So there you go. You could save half the cost, too, right? Instead of spending 40 45 bucks on U-bolts, you could spend 20 22 bucks on U-bolts and, and probably be fine. Um, I'm not recommending anything, and I take no liability for anything. I'm just saying I put eight on. Um, so I'm always for uh, overkill. But, yes, the stock roof rack says 150 pounds, static weight. But here's why I feel okay with this, Matt, is one, it rests on the actual roof rack itself. Like if it was just on the the cross members, again, those things are plastic, right? Like at the end, they have plastic mounts that grip onto that. So yes, I would feel a lot more nervous if it was really narrow and just sitting on my stock cross members, even though I have three. And that's part of why I put an extra one in there. I went ahead and I put a third one in there just to be safe, to give me more, spread the weight more, right? Um, but this thing is so wide that it actually sits on the roof rails, which also then compacts and holds in place those cross members. And then it is bolted to the cross members, you know, from underneath. So I don't feel bad. I've been up in it and I've had both my kids up in it. So probably, I won't say how much I weigh, but total combined weight. I mean, definitely over 300 pounds plus the weight of the tent. So we probably had 400, 450 pounds up on top, Um of the truck. And I mean, my kids, I mean, they're kids, right? So they're jumping around and so I'm like, stop, stop. And they're just jumping and moving and rolling around and they're, it was fine. It didn't move at all. Again, the eight, the eight U-bolts is making sure that it, unless the whole roof rack pries off the top of that truck, it's not going anywhere. Right. Um, so yeah, yeah. Good point, Matt. So on super rough roads, you know, if you've been on washboards and stuff like that, you've seen how it can just tear stuff up. So more is always better, but, um, yeah, for the for the Xterras, they're a little bit weird, too. And again, if you're an Xterra guy, you can correct me if I'm wrong here. But I think most of the time... Now, P&P, I know, makes a full aluminum replacement to replace the entire roof rack. But most of the options for Xterra guys are drop-in baskets. So that doesn't really get you any more strength, per se. I mean, it gets you some more storage and the ability to use the stuff in between the roof rack. Um, but most of our roof racks, anyways, aren't like full replacement roof racks. They don't really add any more capability or stability. You're still have the, the same system, just with a basket in the middle. Um, so yeah. Anyway, so that's 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 kind of how I approached it. Um, so next issue, diving back into issues here. So gas struts, as I mentioned at the top of the show. And I just drank some beer because I I had to for a second just to like get my mind right about how these gas struts have been. So. One, I've watched probably 40 videos on YouTube, and all of them suck. Like, none of them, I've not seen one video, and if you guys know of one or have seen some, please post them in the comments and let me know, because I would love to see one that tells you how to calculate, you know, 
how to set these things up. Like it just, I couldn't find it. So I literally had to move it like five or six different times, move the mounting points and then try closing it. And then I was like, oh, it's hanging up there. Oh, it's, it's too long there. Oh, it's too short there. Now it's not opening enough to find the geometry of this thing. And again, I am no math wizard. So if you are sitting there and you're like, oh, you just, you draw it out on the paper and X plus Y equals Z. Great. I should have talked to you before I did it because I just did it through uh, testing and errors, lots of errors. Um, also with the pressure. So again, I was looking at the tent and, and, and thinking, you know what, the whole box weighs 90 to 100 pounds. And I was like, you know, I, I know for a fact on my exterior, right? Like they come with, I think they're 100 pound uh, gas struts stock. Most people go up to 175 pounds. I have 175 pound McMaster car gas struts in the back of my truck because I've got, you know, the rear, the shovel and the axe. I've got a bunch of stuff mounted to mine. So I wanted to get it beefed up because it was wearing out anyways. And then two, because I was going to put more weight on it. So I was just like, man, okay, 160 pounds, 80 pounds each, right? Spread 80 pounds on each side for a hundred pound box. Like I felt like that was overkill, but it was reasonable overkill. No, I was wrong. It was way overkill. Like the first time that I put one of the shocks on and I opened the box, it about took my head off. And then it actually like the plastic hinge on the back. So like, here's where the, the top and the bottom meet if you're watching on YouTube. So they, where the, they meet for you on the radio, um, it actually like pushed the plastic hinge like a quarter, half an inch back and actually like pushed it out of shape for a second. And I had to grab it and pull the thing down. And it was a fight to pull it down with just one of the shocks. So I immediately took those off, went inside and ordered 60 pounds. Cause I was like, okay, I still want overkill. Like I don't want to go down to 40. I didn't think because then that's barely the weight of the, the thing itself. Right. And I know that the weight is not all in the top. Right. But so I'm trying to think of overkill here. So I now currently have 36 inch long cause I didn't want to move my mounting points. Right. It took me forever to do that. The first ones were 36 inch with 80 pounds of pressure. The new ones are 36 inch with 60 pounds. It's better. It's doable. It's a little tough to close. You got to put some weight on it and pull it down. Um, oh God, the live cast of the strut calibration. No, you don't want to see that. Like I'm trying, I'm by nature, I'm, I'm a cursing type of person and I try to keep it really clean on the radio and on the YouTube stuff, but that was a bad night. Like I'm pretty sure if like a, a stray cat had showed up, I would have like thrown it up on the roof or something. Like I was cussing and I was super pissed. Um, but yeah, so the, I would like to see one good video that just shows you how to calibrate gas struts. Like, how do you know where to place the bottom and the top? Like even in Patrick Remington's videos, he's just like, you know, you just kind of hold them up and then you get it where you want it and then you go. And I'm like, okay, that, that seems reasonable. That makes sense. And then as soon as I started trying, especially keep in mind that the ones I had had 80 pounds of pressure, right? So I, I can't even compress it by hand. I had to mount it to be able to push down on the whole top of the box with my body weight to be able to push this stupid thing down. So if you were dealing with, you know, less uh, pressure filled struts, you might be able to kind of test it out before you mounted it. Um, but so now my third iteration, the 60 pounds are on there now and I've got both of them and they work really well. They're still pushing the hinge a little bit and I, I feel like they're throwing off some of the alignment, making it kind of difficult to open and close the box. So that's why I went ahead and I ordered some 27 inch, 45 pound gas struts. And I feel like I'm definitely going to have to move the mounting points a little bit, but I feel like that's, that's going to give me that perfect, like it'll be easy enough to close, but strong enough to open even in the cold. Cause I do a lot of winter camping. I don't want to lose a lot of that juice in the winter. So I, that's part of why I want the overkill. Um, and I feel like with the shorter, I could, I could move them back. I'll have more flexibility because, again, the box is only 36 inches wide and my gas struts are 36 inches. So I basically have it mounted in the bottom corner and the top corner just about. And that's how it 
that's how it works. It opens the whole box all the way up. Um, but that's also putting stress on the ridge line of the tent. So inside of the box, the way that I've got it mounted, because again, I wanted it to be repeatable and I wanted to like, if it got moldy, if it got ruined somehow, the tent got, you know, burn marks, burn holes in it. Um, I wanted to be able to just pop the tent out, go buy another one. These tents are like 38 bucks on Amazon. So that's part of why I bought it. I just wanted a cheap one. If I use it for a year and it goes bad or gets mildewy or something, pop it out, spend 38 bucks and I got a brand new tent. Um, so I have, I put in some like U brackets in there and then I'm using carabiners. So the, the top of this tent is intended to be held up by like trekking poles or sticks. It's a backpacker tent. So it's got grommets at the top of the ridge line. So basically I'm using uh, little carabiners and attaching it through the U-bolts and then it stretches between those two. And then what I did that I think is a really clever idea, but it's not currently working because those struts are so strong that they're pushing the tent up too far. Um, I put some, I bought some rare earth magnets with holes in the middle of them where you can screw them in. So I screwed those into the headliner and then I've got, you know, ones that don't have holes in them for inside the tent. And basically what I do is I, I climb up, I get in the tent, I go clip, clip, clip with magnets across the ridgeline. And then that holds the ridgeline up. So it's not sagging. It reduces the sag in the middle of it. The problem is though, again, with those struts that I've got in it right now, they're, they're pushing the tent up too high and it's, it's physically pulling apart the tent and the magnet. So it's, it's stretching that out and, and breaking that connection. So that's part of why I'm going with a, a shorter gas strut now. But so like all this stuff, you kind of just have to figure out. So if you buy it through Amazon, that's great. Be ready to return stuff quick. Cause I, the first set I had for so long, I can't even return it. Second set I'm returning and I'm getting a third set. So that's, that was stupid. <laughs> um, so those were a little tricky, but definitely, you know, just watch as many videos as possible. Again, if somebody finds a great video of how to like align, how to figure out what size you need and how to, you know, set them up. Um, one thing that Patrick Remington did mention that I'll throw out just because it's helpful is he did say when he did his, he called a company that specialized in gas struts and told them about his project. That's probably also a good way to do it. If you, you know, want to get it right the first time, call a place that, that makes gas struts and tell them exactly what you're trying to do. Tell them the dimensions of your box, tell them how high you want it to open. And they can probably tell you that, like how, where should I mount it? How far up on the top should I mount it? Um, that may be a good idea too, but that's also like an old school kind of thing where if someone could just tell me how to do it right? like, and for you guys too, like if I could just get a video, um, then I, I would watch it and I would figure it out on my own and then I would go. Um, so yeah, if anybody knows that definitely let me know. Um, cool. So then the last part, the last issue that I had, right? Tent not fitting. Kind of a big one. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. I literally spent two weeks building this box, urethaning this box, herculining this box, putting latches on at the hinge, all this stuff. Then the tent arrives and I put it in it and I'm like, dude, it's like six inches too short. So everywhere, I went back, I was like, am I crazy? I went back and I reread the... Um, the description on Amazon, and it's, it says multiple times on there, at more than seven and a half feet long, this tent is a great option for backpackers and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, okay, I am not crazy, but it's realistically in real life, it's probably about seven foot two in length. So again, now I have a couple inches on each end, which actually worked out because the gas struts have to have somewhere to go, which I hadn't really thought about. So then even then, as I'm doing this, I'm like, 
I'm going to have to cut holes in the top of this tent for those gas struts to go through, right? And then I have to worry about them cinching up or ripping the tent every time that I open that thing. So that's that could be an issue too. So I actually really like the, the tent inside the box plan. Um, but what's going to happen that's different? So here's how I'm going to solve for that. So talking about... Um, the, the final thoughts and the solution, right? Um, my idea for how I'm gonna solve for that is super simple and super basic because I don't wanna, I just, it's, that's what I wanna do, right? Like I don't wanna have to re-engineer a bunch of stuff or come up with some crazy stuff. So basically what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna build a rain fly. And I'm gonna, I've got a tarp that's plenty big already and it's not like a tarp tarp, it's a, one of those like a camping tarp that could be used for a ground tarp or like a tarp to string up between a couple trees for hammock camping. Um, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna take that and I'm gonna cut it down to the right dimensions and then I'm gonna attach it inside of the box. So inside of the top lip of the box, it's gonna be attached right there. And then just like how you would roll up, you know, like your mosquito netting with the little loop and the hook, I plan to do a couple of those all the way around it so that most of the time it's just up. And then if I know it's supposed to rain or if there's a chance of rain or snow or something, I can undo a couple of hooks and I can drop that down. And then what I'm thinking is I'm going to do the magnet thing on that too. So if we get a super high wind or something, it's possible that that thing could, you know, tear off. It could flap around. There's, there's, it's not perfect, right? But um, at least with the magnets, it's not loose and just sitting out there flopping around all night, keeping me awake. So my kind of thought is to either sew some in, again, I'm not a sewer by any means, but take a square of cloth, put the magnet in between the tarp and the cloth, and then just stitch around it. Um, and then put those same magnets on the outside so I can just go click, click, click with the magnets all the way around and basically waterproof the tent. Um, and then for condensation, it's just going to have to be a venting thing. I'm also planning by next winter to build a diesel heater. Um, Revere Overland has some great videos on that. So I'm going to kind of follow in his footsteps and uh, build one of those. And that produces dry heat, and that should help a lot with the condensation, especially since I go a ton in the winter. So that's kind of my solution for that, if you will. So I'm going to try to, you know, I wanted to just kind of talk through it all here because I've been getting a lot of questions about it. The next, one of the next videos that I'm going to make in the next week or two probably is going to be a full, literal, like, step-by-step -step with instructions, with all the parts and everything, walkthrough of how I did it, walkthrough of the pros and cons, and then... That will hopefully be helpful for you guys. But so that's coming. So, but to kind of wrap this up tonight, you know, it's been a little while. I don't want to take up your guys' whole night. Um, but I wanted to just kind of give you final thoughts. So overall, you know, despite some of the disappointments, despite the difficulties of the gas struts and the hinge and the tent not fitting, um, all great things to learn from, right? There is still so many benefits to this thing, for me anyways, for what I do in overlanding. And here's like the main one for me. So right now, currently, there is, um, I have in my car, I have rolled up four inch thick memory foam. So it's probably, you know, about three feet long and probably about foot, foot and a half thick. I have that in the car. I have my sleeping bag in the car, which normal sleeping bag size, you know, stuff sack. I have that in the car. Um, I have a pillow. It's one of those small camping memory foam pillows. That'll go up there too. Um, I'm taking a tent with me. It's one of those Coleman uh, instant up pop-up tents, which is, it's it's a pretty good size tent. I mean, it's probably about a three, three and a half foot diameter circle, but it's it's super simple to set up. You throw it out and it just pops up. Front Runner has a tent like that, I know too, but it's basically the same thing as that, but way cheaper. Um, yeah, so have I tried sleeping in it yet? I mentioned this way earlier 
tomorrow night, it's supposed to be nice here in Indiana, and my kids are dying to go camping, and we can't really go anywhere, so I'm going to pull the truck in the backyard and look like a freak, and all my neighbors are going to hate me, which I enjoy. It's fine. Um, and I'm going to set everything up. I'm going to have the awning out. I'm going to get my Yukoware flat pack grill out, and we're going to grill hot dogs and make our own food out there, and I'm going to open up the back, and I'm going to have you know, the tent open, and I'm going to sleep in the tent. The boys are going to sleep in a ground tent. Um, so tomorrow night will be the first night sleeping in it. So I will I will be sure to post on the social channels how that went. I'm sure you'll see some updates. Um, but I mean, again, so just having that box up there, right? Like I literally have cleared up like a whole human's worth of space in the back of my truck just by putting that box up there. So not only have I reduced, um, you know, the amount of gear that I have to take, like I don't even have to take a cot anymore. I don't have to take a tent anymore. Uh, again, if my kids are going, I'll take a little one for them. Most of the time though, 90, 95% of the time it's me solo. Um, so I don't have to take a tent, no cot, no sleeping bag in the truck, no foam mats, no pillow. Um, and also because the box is a little bit bigger, I bought some some plastic bins from Ikea that are, you know, probably about like 10 by 6 or so. And I've got like four of those that are going to go beside the tent basically. And um, I'm going to put... Um, I'm going to put... I see the limiting straps talk and I'll get to that here in a second, but I agree with that last comment. Um, but so, yeah, so... I have some additional storage that I can put up there. So I plan to put things like things that I would use when I'm in the tent at night, like maybe some power banks, um, winter stuff, so like hot hands, you know, electric hand warmers, that sort of stuff that I would want to have access to during the night if it's cold. My wool blanket will probably go up there on the side of the tent. So just there's a ton of stuff that I keep in the truck, you know, scattered throughout, hidden behind a seat or down under a seat um, that I can move up to the top and free up more space in the truck. So that's a huge benefit for me anyways. Um, so I'm in love with that idea that I'll actually be able to see out of the truck. It's not going to be packed to the roof every single time I go somewhere. I'll have more room for more food, more coolers. You know, if I take a buddy with me, then we're going to actually have room for his stuff instead of having to like cram it into his lap. And like my kids last time got smacked in the head with a chair because we had stuff literally stacked up around my kid's head. I could not see out of the passenger side of the vehicle, which I hate not being able to see out of any side of the vehicle. And one of the chairs came down and smacked him in the head. And I was like, okay, this is why I'm doing the rooftop tent. Um, and then the other huge thing, there's two more huge things for me anyways, setup time. So again, popping two latches, the struts pick it right up. The tent is permanently attached to the inside. So it just pulls itself right up. I literally, I take a ladder out, I telescope the ladder up and I put two L brackets on the side that they're not weight bearing, but they're just to line it up and to keep the, the ladder from sliding. Um, I, I sort of cinch the ladder over that and I telescope it down to the ground and lock it. And then you climb up into the tent, you pop the two latches and you're in the tent and you're sleeping right? The next morning, same thing. You wake up. Obviously, if there's some condensation, if there's some dew and stuff, you're going to have to open it back up and air it out when you get home, but you have to do that with a regular tent anyways. Um, and you don't have to pack it up into a bag and wrestle with this tiny bag that never fits the tent and shove this wet, nasty, muddy tent into the inside of your vehicle, drive home, open the whole thing up again. You know, I mean, it's, it's just so much simpler to pop two latches, open it up, climb up, lay down, wake up, climb out, pull it down, clap, you know, collapse the two latches, walk away, put the telescoping ladder in the truck and I'm done. Um, so that's number two. And then the third and final thing, packing and planning for trips. So like, that's always been a huge thing. When I built my drawer system, most of the reason I did it wasn't even necessarily to be more organized or anything like that. It was because I like to go on trips a lot. I have a couple of kids, so it's not like it's not like I, I don't usually have like, no, I have two weeks and in two weeks I'm going to go on a trip and I have plenty of time. It's like, Thursday night, my wife was like, hey, I might hang out with the girls this weekend. You want to take the boys and go camping? And I'm like, yes, yes, I do. But then it's Thursday night. I got to work all day Friday. And I'm like, I'm going to forget stuff. I'm not going to remember to bring things. So like the, the drawer system just permanently has 
canned foods in it, you know, like all kinds of stuff. My fire gear goes in there, my fire starting stuff, um, my cook wash gear, my utensils, um, a bunch of cordage, cords, batteries, all that sort of stuff is always in there. So I'm, that's just 30 new things that I don't have to worry about packing because I know they're always in the truck. Um, that's the same with this rooftop tent where I still had to remember like, get my sleeping bag, get the kids sleeping bags, get this, get that, get the mats, get the, you know, all this stuff. Now we'll just always be in the tent and ready to go. Always be in the truck and just ready to go. I can literally like grab a backpack and run out the door and I'm good to go. So again, for me, that's a huge advantage to this thing. So even if it isn't perfect, it's still going to save me time. It's going to save me planning. Um, I I am going to throw out there one potential negative leveling the rooftop tent. I know I've heard that from a ton of guys and girls that have rooftop tents and they're like, you know, if you ever get to a site that you just can't level this thing, like it's going to be a horrible night's sleep and there's nothing you can do about it. But like I've slept in my truck before, like, and I'm six two. I've slept in the back of that Xterra diagonally with a knee up and like, it's not the greatest, but I mean, it's not going to kill me. Right. I've slept in my driver's seat for like four hours at a rest stop. Like it's, it'll be fine. If I'm a little uneven, yes, it'll be a little awkward to wake up against the back or hopefully I don't roll out of it and fall off the side of my truck. That would be bad. Um, but a little bit of discomfort and a little bit of difficulty setting it up is is kind of the least of my concern. So I guess we'll see. I'm saying that now, right? I haven't had to do it yet. So tomorrow I'm going to level it in my backyard and we'll see We'll see how that goes. So yeah, so that kind of wraps it up. So those are my, my thoughts, my final thoughts on it. Um, overall, super excited about it. Again, I'm going to be taking it out tomorrow night to the wilds of my backyard. So I will be posting up on Facebook, Instagram, probably make a YouTube video about it. So you guys will see that at some point, the the hilarity of that. Um, yeah, good point that there's always rocks around to level a tent. Um, that's true. You may be, you may be out with, there aren't always rocks around where I'm at in Indiana, but there, I mean, I could use something. I mean, I guess there kind of are always some sort of rocks, like even the fire pit rocks. I could pull a few rocks off a fire pit or something to make it work. Um, There are also, I know that guys will get like leveling, uh, like little stands, like adjustable, stackable. There are leveling stands that you can buy, I'm pretty sure too. So like if it becomes a huge problem, I might look into those. Um, But I mean, most of the places I've camped, you have a million different ways that you could park your vehicle and I could definitely find a flat spot or relatively flat spot to camp in. So again, that's kind of the bulk of it. Um, oh yeah. Could use the jack to level it. Yeah. That's a good idea too. I could pop the high lift off. And actually, since I put the rooftop tent up on top, I don't really have room anymore for the high lift. It was mounted on my roof rack. So now for temporarily I moved it to my bumper, my wham steel hidden bumper. It had a couple holes on it. So I took some pieces of steel that I was using on the roof and I mounted it to that. So it's on the front, which I kind of hate. I feel like I'm definitely going to go to a parking lot and like smash the crap out of the front of somebody's car with that thing. But for now it's down there. It's much easier to get to. So definitely could. Yeah. A two by six would be a great idea to make your own leveling blocks. That's a great idea. That'd be a good video too. Um, I think they're out there. I'll, I'll have to look them up. But so yeah, so I hope that that was helpful for you guys. We're at about an hour now. So again, I don't want to take up all your time. Um, But hey, everybody that has been here in this chat, it's been awesome. I appreciate you all um, for stopping by. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you guys for the donations. You know, everybody that I mean, that's, that's great. And you know, I'm going to make keep making the content anyways. Um, Thanks, Carl. I appreciate it. Yep. Good night, EB bike trip. Go be a dad. That's cool. I appreciate you stopping by. So thank you guys, everybody on the radio, everybody on the YouTube chat. Appreciate you. Um, if you don't already, click subscribe. See you off-road podcast. Click subscribe. Click the like button. Um, thanks for stopping by. And I'll let you know when I'm going to do one of these again. So I hope you guys had fun. And uh, 
I had a great time too. So thanks for stopping by and we'll talk to you next time. Take care.